Welcome to the In Between Podcast. I'm Astrid. And I'm Alexis. And we're two best friends on a journey to living a fun, intentional life. We know it's easier to share on a season of life once it's behind you. But what about when you're in the middle of the growth, confusion, and decision-making? This lifestyle podcast is for the everyday gal who loves to travel, talk about business, relationships, fashion, and everything in between. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of the In Between Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Astrid. And I'm the other half, Alexis. And today we have a special guest, our first guest, which is Alexis's husband, Matthew. Matthew, welcome to the In Between. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We're so excited to have you. So Alexis and Matthew just celebrated their three-year anniversary, wedding anniversary. But yeah, how long have years. you guys been t- together total? Go for it. So how long have we been together total? So we dated in high school. Do you want to go back to that? Sure. You... All right. So we dated in high school for three years. Two years. <laughs> I remember three. So we dated I feel in high like school. Three. <laughs> and uh, we dated our junior and senior year. And then um, we broke up and then we got back together after three years apart and we've been together since may of 2014 coming up on your tenure i know our tenure will be 2024 10 years together which is crazy but yeah we've been together a hot minute um the majority well all of our dating in our 20s was all long distance And um, then we got married. We were together for 10 months. And then we did two years of long distance marriage. (laughs) It was wild. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, And now we're back together, like full time. (laughs) You got back together. (laughs) We're like, like, you know what I'm saying? We are. (laughs) That that, that sounds like like we broke up. Now we we are no longer long distance. (laughs) We are together every single day now, which is really fun. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's been an honor to like watch your relationship, especially the last three years, just as starting as your photographer first, yeah. and then as your friend. Like I admire how much you guys have intentionally put into your relationship, especially for a long distance marriage. Yeah. And really, I just want to ask you guys a million questions because I feel like you have a master's on long distance <laughs> dating and long distance marriage. Yes, definitely not perfect, but we do know a lot. We've learned a lot about ourselves and each other and relationships in general. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this episode. I hope it like gives a peek into um, the real side of relationships as well as hopefully makes you guys laugh a little bit too. But before we dig in, let's do uh, what we're in between right now. Astrid, do you want to go first? Yes, I'll kick us off. Or actually, do we want our, our guests to go first? Ooh. All right, I'll go first. So um, I knew that you did this every every episode, so I've been thinking for a little bit on what I could say. So I think what I'm in between right now literally is jobs, um, or I guess roles with work. So moving out of, so I'm a geologist and moving out of a international ops position working in South America to now working in the office back here in Houston. Um, a big, big change. So I'm trying to navigate that and figure out what I what do I want this next chapter to look like and how to tackle it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I feel like 
even though you're back home full time, I'm sure there's a period too of grieving, like the life that you've had for the past year or so. Any any time that we transition from habits and rhythms, it can be hard to kind of get used to those new new days overall. Yeah, for sure. Um, I well, you go, you go next. Okay. Um, for me. I have in between, I mean, it's kind of similar to the one that we had last week. So I've just been in a very busy season as a photographer. Um, But last week I was talking about overall feeling overwhelmed with what was going on. And this past weekend was really interesting because I was getting pretty close to like an anxiety attack and I could feel Mm -hmm. those things all over again, like my chest get tight and I just recognize the symptoms. And so that to me is like a big warning moment of like, okay, I really got to scale back. And what I realized in that moment was it's less about the things on my plate and more my mentality around it. And so I'm really trying to focus around that. And I really focus on walking myself back through it and be like, okay, just because we have all these things to do, taking them away is not going to ease the anxiety. It is realizing that I am resilient enough to cope through this and I will be able to accomplish everything that I need to accomplish in the designated time. Mm -hmm. And just taking deep breaths because that stress physically, we don't breathe um, enough. And so that's what leads to the anxiety attacking like that tightness in our chest. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I feel like even though of course it wasn't a positive experience. Um, I'm learning right now how to be, how to, how to be very productive in a new level and mm-hmm. how to walk myself through all these anxious thoughts and stop thinking that I need to eliminate those factors, but rather push through and how can I grow and like build my resiliency towards that. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm at. And it's really hard. It's really hard to like go through all of it. And in those moments it can feel overwhelming but I'm just trying to learn from them. I'm really proud of you. And I'm sorry that you had to experience that this weekend. It can feel very like, can also feel like very isolating because it's like you're in your own head. You have your own stress, like you're in your own body in it. And it can just be really hard to communicate with the people that you're with that you are feeling that way. Um, So I'm sorry that you had to experience that. And it sounds like you have like perspective on what you want to do with it. I think that's sometimes like the hard part is like we can see our mental health and we can see these symptoms. Mm-hmm. It's like making a plan and actually trying to figure out, okay, I'm recognizing this pattern. What do I want to do from here? That can just mm-hmm. be really hard. So I'm really proud of you for, you know, I know it's not easy and it's not perfect. Um, and there will still be those days, but it's like, it sounds like you have perspective, which Sometimes it can be really hard when you're going through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. And I think the most confusing thing for me is like feeling that and being so happy. It's mm. so weird, like both yes. things at once. I was like, I was having the time of my life. I was, you know, in a beautiful place. I love what I do. I love every single session that I get to edit and I enjoy it. And I had all this anxiety on top of it. Yeah. So it's it's very odd, but, you know, nothing is everything's just, you know, messy and we're just still trying to figure it out. So in between. <laughs> yes. What are you in between? Um, I really resonate with this, like the feeling very happy in a lot of areas of life and like so many things that are going well, 
but just feeling internally like something's super off. I feel like, I don't know if it's seasons changing, time of year, um, certain triggers or what, but I have just been the last couple of weeks like in and out of a depressive episode and it just really sucks. I feel like my mind is like back at square one with things sometimes of just feeling very like, here we are again. And like, you're never gonna insert whatever. And so I just feel like I'm navigating that in trying to just call it out quicker. Like, oh, I'm feeling this right now. Okay. What do I want to do about it? Um, I think that's something that I am trying to shorten the distance of like, not fixing, you know, not, I'm trying to like always shift into fix mode, but like just being able to name how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way. Um, or even not know why, but just saying what I feel is like liberating instead of keeping it in for me ends up manifesting very like in a very shamey way where I'll just like internally beat myself up over and over again. So hmm. I've just been like telling Matthew almost first thing in the morning. We woke up yesterday morning and I was like, I feel very depressed this morning. Like I feel, I mean, like the moment we woke up, nothing happened. I just mm -hmm. woke up out of bed and he was like, okay, walk me through your next three steps. You're going to get up and what are you going to do? And wow. that like really, really helped me just focus on like the next step, not trying to feel better, not like, well, like look at all the things that you could be happy about. It's like, okay, let's just focus on the next three things like mm -hmm. that you're going to do to take care of yourself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, uh, make a smoothie and I'm going to get my coffee. And it was like really helpful to walk through that. So I'm working on it, but yeah, I just feel really like I'm just in like a shit space head like in my head. And mm -hmm. I hate that because it's like, I've got all these goals and all these dreams, all these things I'm like actively working on. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like sometimes when this comes up, I don't know how to keep taking action on those goals because I'm like, I just don't even have the energy to think about it. So that's where I am. If anyone is like in this place, I am in it with you. It is hard to just like push through when you're in those really low head spaces. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for your vulnerability with sharing yeah. that. Like that's so powerful. And also just to learn how you navigate it is so powerful too. Like you're able to, for example, one thing that I kept hearing as you were sharing that is naming that feeling. And that's so powerful because I think our default is to ignore and our default is just to avoid and power through because in that guilt of like not sticking to certain goals is just certain things is so heavy. And it's almost like when the waters, the current's going against you and you're pushing the other way right. and you're choosing to turn around and be like, no, I'm going to go with the current. I'm going to face what it is and I'm going to walk forward. Mm -hmm. And so instead of that heaviness, that way you turn back around and even more powerful that you have a partner that's like not forcing you to fix the big feeling or emotion because that yeah. can, you know, when you love someone that can be the tendency in a very loving way, you want to try to fix and help. And I'm here to listen to you. But the fact that like you, Matthew, were able to walk her through just the next three steps is probably the best thing you could have done in that situation. Yeah, we've definitely worked on that. <clears throat> so there's been times where it's like, I think at first in our relationship, I do want to fix stuff. So I would rather tell Alexis, I'd rather be like, okay, well, 
I don't know why you're thinking like that. Look at all these things to be grateful for. But we've had a lot of conversations over the three years or eight years that that's not a productive conversation. A productive conversation is, well, first of all, in the past, we've talked about, is this a solutions conversation or is this a feelings Mm. conversation? So do we need to be figuring out a solution or do we need to just be sitting with each other's feelings and listening to the other person? And over the years, uh, working on myself and then Alexis working on herself and her teaching me about all that, it's definitely found out the best way to resolve something like that, a, a depression or negative thoughts is to actually kind of come up with a list and it's like, okay, well, what are, what are we, what are you going to do next? Like, what are you doing today? Okay. So like, let's, let's walk through what we can do to kind of get out of that space Mm or, or kind of promote conversation. Cause I think the worst thing to do whenever, whenever you are feeling that way is for you just to sit in that by yourself. Mm -hmm. You verbalize that to me, Mm -hmm. which helped us kind of break down that wall together. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's also like um, giving your partner, I guess we're like shifting in the marriage chat already. So just I like, love it. I love it. Let's just let it roll. <laughs> Go right into it. <laughs> I think it's like giving your partner the tools, you know, mm-hmm. like I had never, I first like experienced depression in a deep way in 2018, early 2019. And I did not, I did not know what was happening. I didn't know why I was feeling that way. I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know how to help people help me. I didn't know what kind of support I needed. So like, you know, when you're going through it, you literally don't know because you're trying to navigate it too. I think the longer that time has passed and the more that I can like notice it, feel the trigger and communicate with Matthew through it. It's like, I know that even though I have those days, like he is right there walking alongside me in it. He doesn't necessarily understand everything. He doesn't need to under, like, and I think that we put those expectations on our partners, regardless of whatever it is. Like, you know, I can't, I can't expect Matthew to have a deep understanding of like all of my emotional triggers or trauma or depression or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, but what I can invite him to is I can invite, I can invite him into, to, um, know how to help me navigate it or support and how to communicate it. And like, there are certain phrases or words that will like sometimes not feel helpful or supportive. And so I'm like, actually, if you want to ask about my mental health, like maybe ask it this way or like, or like my saying is I'm feeling really low today. And that's his trigger of like, okay. Mm -hmm. So like that's her headspace today. And I don't have to even go into anything. I can literally just say I'm feeling low today. And he automatically knows like where to meet me. And, but that's taken time. Like you said, like that's taken a couple of years to get to that place where, you know, we're kind of walking in tandem with that. Um, and that's been helpful. And I think obviously the the longer that we're married and the longer that we're together, I'll be able, able to pick up on those cues without you telling me, Hey, I'm feeling low today. But I think early on in a marriage, it's very valuable for if you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling yourself, tell your spouse, be like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just not a hundred percent today just to let you know. I agree. And it's like, also mental health is hidden. Like sometimes you, I am very good at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even intentional. Like it's just, it's not something that I, it's not something that you'll always see that's happening in me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's so powerful. That's how we navigate mental health right now. Yeah. in our marriage. I love it. <laughs> no, it's so powerful. I think like 
the biggest thing that um, I kept hearing was respect and ownership on both sides of you, right? And so you guys, you're asking her questions instead of telling her what to do or have you tried this or how do you, all these different um, you projecting or like saying into her, you're truly asking her questions to help her figure out where she's at. And for her, it's an invitation then for her to accept and communicate. And so it's a two-way street where you're inviting her, but she could shut down and she could say, no, I'm fine, which is can, can be a default in some relationships. Like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Just stop asking questions and moving forward. So on the flip side, you're taking ownership and communicating that back. And of course, it sounds like you guys said, sounds great now, but it took you quite a bit to get to where you're at now that you could <laughs> communicate it. And I think to... Um, just being able to get to the point where you can communicate to your partner is hard because suddenly you have to, it's another layer of facing it, right? So when it's just you, there's that layer of I can avoid it or I can talk to myself about it and face it. But when there is that third element of you can face it yourself and then also expose to a partner that will now see those vulnerabilities and speak to them and trust them with that vulnerability that they won't use it against you in the future Mm -hmm. can be very hard as well. And so I just think it's beautiful how you guys have learned through this season of how it is that you prefer to be communicated to. And I'm sure that will change over time too. Maybe later on you're like, I don't want three steps. I want you to ask me this but communicating how do you feel supported and how do you want him to be a partner in life and not be your everything, which is very different. Yeah, completely agree. So going into that, I'm curious, you guys dated, of course, long distance and had long distance marriage, most of your marriage so far. How did you, like these types of situations and challenges in life, how did you create depth in your relationship? Because I feel like that's a fear of many people jumping into a long distance relationship that I don't think we're going to be able to create the roots that we need. Um, yeah, let's start with, let's start there. Mm, that's a great question. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? No. I, okay. So I feel like I need to back up a little bit on our early story. So a big thing with us is that actually before we started dating in high school, whenever we were really young, we were actually friends first and we were good friends, almost best friends before we, we came together and we were like, Hey, you're attractive. Hey. Hey, we should <laughs> we're also 16. So. That's true. But, um, I think that is an important backstory. That's also helped our relationship now and and our relationship through long distance because we were friends first and we've learned how to kind of navigate that as a positive because uh, we've learned how to be there for each other, not only as as a boyfriend and girlfriend and spouse, but as friends too. Right. And I think that's where like the intimacy part of a relationship, it's like, oh, long distance, like the question around depth and intimacy is like, will you be able to get there when you aren't physically together? And I think because we had a foundation first of trust and of friendship, I do think that it honestly gave us a little bit of a leg up, I suppose, or like it gave us that, that was our um, what is unfair advantage because mm-hmm. I do think like that was kind of the secret sauce in a lot of ways to the beginning of our relationship. And then I think, you know, 
even friendship can only take you so far. Like there were other skills that we had to learn to navigate the long distance as well. But the first year of dating, we read a book on friendship, like how to be a good friend to each other. What book was it? It was a, my mom actually got it for us. Um, it was like a really Shout small, out to Lisa. Shout out to Lisa. <laughs> it was like a really small, like thin book that like, um, I don't even, I don't remember what it was called. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But it was like a small, thin book on like how to be a good friend. And we like read that together. And that was really cool. And like we would read books together. Um, that was really helpful. And I, go ahead. It was a very inward focused book too. Cause it was like, you have to know about yourself first before you can be a good friend. And that was a great building block. I agree. I also think another element that really helped us was we are rooting for each other. And I think that is another element to a relationship when you're long distance that like Matthew was rooting for my career. He, he, was the one that literally said after one year of dating long distance, he's in Colorado and I'm in Illinois, just graduated college. He's like, you have to move to Nashville. If you don't, you will always regret it. Mm. And honestly, I think if you stay, we probably won't make it. Like, I think that if you stay in Illinois and and you stay at home and you live in Effingham for the rest of your life, I don't know if we're going to make it. Did, I, did I say those you, words? Yeah. <laughs> it's very... You didn't. You're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It wasn't an ultimatum either. It wasn't like, if you stay, we're going to break up. It wasn't like that. It was like, I don't know if you are going to be happy with the life that we would build if we stayed. And he, and then, you know, he made it about me of like, what do you want your career to look like? Mm. And then I moved and it changed the trajectory of my career and my life. And I rooted for him. I was like, you're going to school. He got into grad school. Like that was a, that was a fork in the road for us, that, that decision. And so it was like rooting for his career and for him to succeed with or without me. And this is mm-hmm. the thing that I think long distance relationships really struggle with is like, I rooted for Matthew if it meant we ended up together or not. Yeah. And, um, I didn't ever want my selfish desire to be with him to outweigh the potential for him to reach all of his goals and everything that he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really important to me. It was like never sacrificing myself or never sacrificing just being together, um, which is why we were long distance for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my little like monologue there. <laughs> so to add on that, with uh with you with me encouraging you to move to Nashville um i think a big thing that so you and i were in a business class our last year of of high school and a big thing that we learned was um kind of being uncomfortable uh and allowing that to help you grow and less on there's immense amount of opportunities back home but for us we were almost a little too comfortable back home and I saw and we saw in each other immense amount of growth if we were to become just a little bit more uncomfortable. And mm. that was that was that that mm-hmm. part was you moving to Nashville, being uncomfortable, being the only one there that you know, and building a community. And the same with me moving to Colorado, like being uncomfortable allows for immense amount of growth. 
That's beautiful, friends. Dang. (laughs) I love it. I think that's something that um, a lot of relationships now too, there's like this saying of like merging into one and like, and there still needs to be sacrifice and there still needs to be certain things, especially if you're married, right? But if you're dating and going back to where you were at of like high school seniors going into college, we have some college students that listen to this too being able to focus on, hey, if we end up together, I want to root for you. And if you want to go to a different school, like we don't have to go to the same school. We don't have to just to like have that proximity. And I think that's something that has been very powerful in witnessing and hearing about your relationship is that you respected each other as individuals and your true partners in life, not just like merging into one. You pick up and leave everything and move to Colorado as dating. Right. Because it's right. different when you're married, 100%. Totally yeah. But as dating, like you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to build my life too. And also, props to you, Matthew, for being like, what do you want in life? Right. Mm-hmm. And asking those questions and being like, is this what you want? And whatever. And then if she would have said, I want to say in, you know, Illinois, you would probably be like, okay, great. Like, that's what you want. But you were just challenging yeah. her. And the act of like challenging is such a beautiful part of it. Yeah. I agree. I do think like, if I could say one thing about your early 20s, whether you're in college or your early 20s and you're dating someone, this really is your opportunity to be independent and learn who you are outside of the relationship. Because codependence and proximity together are going to breed a really enmeshed, unhealthy relationship where you're not going to be able to tell each other apart. You're going to agree to things you don't agree to. You're going to do things that you don't want to do. You're going to say things you don't want to say because you aren't confident in who you are on your own. You're so reliant on the relationship to guide you. And I have been in a relationship like that. Mm -hmm. And it is really hard to know, you know, the direction that you're trying to go because the other person is like literally steering the ship to your own life. And so I think because I had that experience, I wanted my relationship with Matthew to be different. You know, I wanted to see what could it look like to do this healthy and calm and like rooted in a lot of trust and like almost a piece of like, it's going to work out however it's going to work out instead of trying to control the relationship. So powerful. So powerful. I love it too. Um, So going back to dating, if you guys started as friends, if you were to give a piece of advice to someone that's going into a long distance relationship as dating, but they perhaps didn't get that friendship first, what would be your advice to build depth, to build that connection and to build just a healthy relationship overall? You got this one first. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say? No, I don't. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The word that I always say is communication. And Alexis laughs at me because I'm like, communication, communication, communication is key. And the cracks are up. Uh, I think for us, a big default that we fell into with our long distance relationship is that we would almost, we would almost fall out of lovers and kind of fall into that friendship zone where Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, we're almost acting like friends now rather than being in love with each other. Uh, I mean, is this really going to work out? And we struggled with that a lot where it's like, man, like we're in two different places in our life. You're in grad school. I'm in Nashville. Like, should we just be friends? 
And we definitely had to to battle through that. Mm -hmm. And as much as I do joke about it, communication through everything, excuse me, communication through everything was huge. Uh, Just small things here and there with, because she was not in Colorado with me, uh, no matter what I was doing, I woke up in the morning, I was going to the gym, I'm going to class, I'm going to hang out with friends. A small one sentence text every two or three hours went so far because Mm. eight hours, 10 hours of not talking to each other can just spiral in anybody's mind. It's like, okay, well, I'm not out there with them. Who are they hanging out with? Okay, well, they're hanging out with this person that I don't know very well. Okay, well, yeah, it just spirals out of control. And to be on top of that is just small text throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I think that's specific to like long distance too, if you're in a long distance relationship dating, like being able to check in and have those those like pulse points to the relationship mm-hmm. are really helpful. Um, in terms of dating advice, I would say a couple of things. It's really important to find someone who matches your maturity level. Like trying to... Um, trying to date someone who is at a different maturity level, different growth level, different emotional intelligence level than you. It's not impossible, but it does make growing and being on the same page about where you are in the relationship quite difficult. Um, So I think that's one thing I would look out for is like, is who you're dating? Are they mature? Do they, do they listen? Are they kind? How do they treat other people? I think that being able to sit back and be a witness to your relationship sometimes, take the feeling out of it for a second. Mm -hmm. It's hard, but be a witness to your relationship, regardless of what relationship you're in and kind of start to see some of your partner's behavior. You know, is it, is it trending towards aligning with your values or can you subjectively say, you know, I don't really know if I like how he does that or she says that or he talks about people when they're not around or, you know, she treated the waiter really rudely when he Mm -hmm. accidentally spilled a little bit of water, like little things like that will tell you people's behavior. And I think when, when you're dating, spot it, call it out, bring attention to it. We're not breaking up with them. Mm -hmm. We're just having a conversation about it instead of suppressing the red flag or suppressing the thing that you, that bothers you when you're dating and hoping that it gets better because I genuinely don't believe it does. If you don't bring something to the light, it's just going to continue to fester and grow root. All right. I have to ask, do you feel like we were on the same maturity level when we started dating? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you and I was like, I love you. (laughs) She's sharing advice from experience. She's like, this is what I I think this is, can I, can I say why I feel that way? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it's, it's science. Cause I mean, you're a, you were a 21 year old female and I was a 21 year old, old male. And I feel like the, the things that I prioritized at a 20, 21 year old, um, I don't even want to look back and reflect on. Like we were just in two different places mm-hmm. on stuff that we cared about. Um, and I, even though I wish I knew more about myself up until when we started dating, I had to learn, I had to continue to learn a lot about myself to grow and become more mature, more mature, 
even after we started dating, which I'm sure that was probably difficult for you at times. Yeah, I would say in a way we helped each other because sometimes I would take life too seriously and Matthew would be like, we're young. Like, you know, it it was like this, this high standard and pressure that I would put on myself. And I felt like he had a really good way of calming the noise and adding like a beautiful uh, level of perspective to things. And then there were moments where like I would share with him my perspective on like the vision and the goals. And like, I was very ambitious. I mean, I still am, but like in this early pocket of our relationship, I think it was more of like our priorities, something that we aligned on was Mm -hmm. we aligned on the commitment to each other. And we aligned on our ambition. We were both very, very ambitious people. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, I saw our future together very, very clearly. And it looks a hell of a lot like it does right now. And I think because we were aligned in the areas that were really important to me, the parts of his 21 year old mentality of like going out and being in college, like I was, I don't know. I just kind of saw us in that season. It was like, this is a season of life, but this isn't who he is. And I think like, you know, when you're dating someone and you're 19, 20, 21, like look at your environment, you know, like it's going to influence behavior, but it's like, okay, is this a season or is this a pattern? Like, is this his personality? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like long-term with right. that. So I'm curious because you're, you're sharing about 21 year old Alexis and Matthew being maybe on different maturity levels and pages. And then now here you are married three years in and you have a lot of self-awareness and you're still growing and evolving, but you really know each other. So how did you guys in the midst of long distance dating and marriage navigate your growth seasons and like challenge each other through those, those seasons of yeah, like I'm here and I'm learning this about my healing journey and my traumas and all of that. And then you're here and then you're learning all of this. How did that go? That's a good question. It was a very good question. I feel like we weren't always growing at the same time. And I think if you can invite patience into your relationship when maybe you're not in a season of like immense amount of growth and introspection and your partner is like, how can you be really respective of their journey? And then on the flip side, like even just communicating, I'm in like a, I mean, they're, when I moved back to Illinois at whenever we moved back to Illinois, sorry, we were 27, 26. And I went right back into therapy, like intense, intensive therapy for seven months because being back home just brought up a bunch of stuff for me. And I was like, you know what? I just want to get over this. Like, I just want to be done with this. And he's, he's in, he's in a third world country. He is on a drill ship offshore. Like he is deep into his job and I'm over here doing like intense psychotherapy. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm the polar opposite of our experience. You know, and like, I'm laughing and smiling about it now because it's like, you know, it, 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 that was our reality. And so it was, it was up to me to invite him into that process Mm -hmm. of like, 
this is what I'm learning and here's how I'm healing. And I read this book and I, and then this unlocked and I feel like so much clarity and I feel like I'm letting this go. And he's like rooting for me, rooting for me, rooting for me, asking questions, no judgment. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that like, if I admire one thing about Matthew that I aspire to be more like is he's not judgmental. Like Mm -hmm. at his core, he just, he's like, just curious, wants Mm -hmm. to ask questions, but never from a place of shame. And I think that is like what really makes us work when we're in those healing spaces is like when I'm deep in it, he just is very curious, holds space. And if I want to talk about it, he explores it with me. And if he doesn't, or if I don't, he doesn't push either, which I really respect. Mm -hmm. That's kind. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I am, I'm definitely not perfect. I appreciate you saying all that. And I just want to put myself in your shoes as much as I can just to learn because throughout the therapy that you've gone through, I've learned so much about myself because there's, there's been stuff that's come up um, that you've brought up where I'm like, Oh, well I experienced that too. Whenever I was younger and I, I see how like Alexis is working through it and it's like, okay, like I'm just learning so much from all the knowledge that Alexis is bringing in through therapy and through these books. Um, and it's helped me really understand more about myself and, and mature. Um, and then there's, there's those times where it's like, okay, well, I didn't really experience that, but tell me, tell me what you went through. Mm. Like help me understand so that I can be there for you. And I can also learn more about you and what makes you tick along the way. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like you sharing everything with me um, from like all of your uncoverings from through therapy and through reading books and learning about yourself um, and and sitting with your thoughts um, has been beautiful. And I appreciate you communicating that with me because over the years of us dating long distance and kind of going back to your question about us kind of maturing together, that definitely helped a lot was Alexis's just communication with with her feelings and with past traumas and, and what you really learned about yourself, not on the outside, but internally. What about you, Matthew? Do you feel like there are seasons where like you were in a really intense season of growth and I maybe wasn't? And like, how did you feel supported in that or not supported? (laughs) (laughs) I felt maybe through grad school. Oh yeah. (laughs) I did not. I mean, bro is a scientist. <laughs> writing a thesis, and I'm like, I am over here traveling over, you know, the world with ConvertKit, and I'm like, you know, you know that, you know that TikTok spinning audio? like a ballerina. <laughs> the TikTok audio that's like, I'm spinning like a ballerina, and then the other one's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I feel like for two years, that was genuinely mad and I. Not all the time, but like, I was like the one off doing the stuff and I felt like he was in the trenches of grad school and pun intended for his career (laughs) that's very very funny so uh I never really wanted to go to grad school I just knew that for my career as a geologist um I needed to go to grad school and I was ready for school to be done once I graduated with my bachelor's degree uh so being in grad school where I had a great time and I learned so much and it honestly set me up for where I am today, like hands down. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be working 
and I saw Alexis out working and I was kind of like, man, there's a big disconnect because I want to be where you are right now. And I know you don't want me to be in grad school. So it was, it was definitely hard. Mm-hmm. I, have another, I have another question. Um, how did you handle me making money, like career, career woman money while you were in grad school? Because I feel like when you're dating or married, whatever, money can feel like a score. I mean, it's not, but it can feel like, oh, well, you're making more than me or I'm making more than you or I'm still in school or you're still in school. Like there can just feel like these kind of inequities sometimes in the relationship around money. So I'm curious how you felt about that. I knew that one day my salary would surpass you. Oh, (laughs) he's kidding. He's kidding. kidding. (laughs) That was amazing though. We love it. (laughs) No, I mean, it was definitely difficult because all I wanted to do was be able to make my own money. And I, I went through a grad school program where, because I was so blessed to have um, just amazing professors and be able to pick my own research project, it came along with no funding. So I chose that. I chose that for myself that I didn't want to be funded, but that also meant for two and a half, three years through my master's program, I had to live on next to nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to take out student loans and something I had never had to do through undergrad. So it was definitely, it was definitely difficult. Um, And I saw you out living life and I wanted to be there for sure. But I knew that, I knew that we one day would get married and that, that my thoughts and my reality in grad school would be a thing of the past. And Mm -hmm. I really wouldn't have to think of it. Like it, it'd be yeah, our beautiful future that laid ahead of us was going to be great. It was a season. It was going to be worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, it sounds like during that season was kind of a a big pivoting point for you guys because you probably also got to see Matthew in his most stressed out version, like grad school as a geologist, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this very intense feelings plus long distance and like having to communicate and then, you know, no funding for this either. So you're, you know, scrambling for budget and money. And so I just think overall, it's very interesting in relationships that have been together for such a long time, how I don't think the growth always happens at the same time. I think pretty much all the time it's in different seasons. And whenever it includes high school sweethearts to now like late 20s, you'll grow and mature so much. And I just think it's fascinating how you guys have navigated all of this and grown together. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure at times it can feel, and I can only say from the outside point of view, I'm like thinking of me being in that position that at times it probably felt like, okay, is this my person? Like we feel like we're such an opposite pages or like, I'm out here growing in this and then you're not or vice versa and like what's happening. And I just think that's, that can be hard to navigate in your early to mid twenties if you're in a committed relationship. And it's like that point of like, are we getting married or not? And there's so many different growth spectrums that are happening there too. Oh yeah. The, are we getting married or not was a big part of our story. I, I felt like there were moments where I was really ready for marriage. 
first off, I don't regret waiting as long as we did to get married. I actually, we were, our three-year anniversary was last week, and uh, we were talking about pivotal moments that made our 20s so significant and choices that we made in our 20s that like deeply impacted our trajectory. And one of them for me was, I'm glad that we got married at, you know, five and a half years into the relationship at 26 and a half with stable careers and stable jobs after having lived apart away from family on our own, completely financially independent before getting married. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like that was what we as individuals needed. Not everyone needs that, but I feel like that really set up our relationship in a, in a way that, um, I don't know, it just, it gave us a lot of time to figure out who we were outside of the relationship. And there were moments where I was like, I don't know where, where are we going? Like where, and I think that's a big thing for me that I've learned in our relationship is I have to have vision. What is our next goal? Figure out what you and your partner need. Like I need a goal. What are we working towards? We're working towards a savings goal so we can buy our next real estate investment. Okay, great. Like that's something we can connect on. We can talk about it. Where are we pacing towards that goal? Like, is it marriage? And like, what's our timeline? (laughs) And I think that was really hard for me to like nail down. And I feel like putting a timeline on it is so hard in any relationship because it's, I mean, it's unrealistic to put a timeline on it and not call it an ultimatum. So, a which big, I did not give. I did not give that. <laughs> a big thing for me, and this is, you can call it old fashioned, but I really wanted to have a job. Whenever I asked for Alexis's hand in, in marriage, I wanted to have a job. I wanted to be able to support myself and support her if need be. Um, so, I mean, I was interning from January to April. And at the end of my internship, I got the job offer in April and we got engaged in May. So like I, I immediately turned around, bought a ring. We got engaged. He stuck true to his word. He was like, I want a job. And yeah, he, it was like he had the job for two weeks, flew home and we got engaged. So I think that's where too, like, is your partner following through on their promises? Mm. You know, like if you are aligned in your goals and you hit it, is your partner following through? And like, that was something that Matthew and I always try to do for each other is like follow through for each other too. Mm. Not just work on the goal. We know the goal is, but like, are we, are we making it to the finish line? And um, that that's where you can build additional trust and confidence in the relationship. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think also hearing you guys talk about how you let each other grow and mature and then decide how do I want to step into the husband role and how do I want to step into the wife role, I think is something that in your, if you are in a long-term committed relationship in your twenties, perhaps it's the right person, but maybe not the right time. And so you guys were, this is my person, right? I love them. I want to be with them, but perhaps things would look different and you would have had a few more bumps starting off your marriage if it would have happened earlier rather than going into it and like, this is what I want and this is what you want. Because as you know, in a, in a relationship, it's a partnership. So if you each don't know who you are, then really you might love each other, but you could really hurt each other a lot without that layer of individ- individuality. So yeah. 
absolutely beautiful. Um, I just have one more question to kind of wrap things up. And we're going to bring it back to where we started on being in between seasons. So whenever we started, we shared our individual in-betweens. So I would love for you guys to share, what do you feel that you are in between now as a couple and a married couple? That's a good question. Yeah. You want to go first? Well, I mean, it's together. We got to answer it together. Well, do we have to agree? We always got to agree. <laughs> no. You go, you, you share what you feel and then I'll kind of expand on that. Okay. So from my standpoint, I think what we're in between is kind of what's next. So we've been married for three years now. Um, we have an amazing life here in Houston. Um, both of our jobs are going really, really well. Uh, some of the, the side hustles that we have are, are good. We're still working on those. And it's like, do we continue in this space and do we continue grinding or is there something else that we should be focusing all of our attention on? Um, something I brought up to Alexis last night, actually, when we were in bed is we're working on our individual side hustles, but we do work really, really well together. Is there something that we should be working on together? Like, is there a business that oh. we should work on together? And I wonder if that's next. Is that something that we can start and bloom into uh, a great business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, um, for those of you listening, Matthew and I purchased our first rental property at the beginning of 2021 and we renovated the whole thing together along with help from our family. And, um, it was really cool to see us work together in that space. I mean, we rent, we, we renovated the house out of pocket. We gutted almost the whole thing and renovated it out of pocket. And, it was like the first time that we'd ever had such a big, massive financial investment. And like, we did not know what we were doing at all. So like seeing us actually navigate that, I was like, wow. I was like, we, <laughs> we're amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, Hey, there were some tears in the Menards parking lot. Like there, you know, I do not mean to, to glitter coat the experience, but at its core, we made really good business partners. So I do agree. Like we're in the what's next phase. And I think another thing too, is like figuring out like our community, Matthew and I are very social people and we're in between moving to a new city. Matthew's finally back here full time. It's like, okay, we need to start being more social. There was like, <laughs> we didn't do anything and like all of our friends that we do have here were out of town or busy and I was like okay we need to we need to uh start putting ourselves out there a little bit more <laughs> it's like dating all over again but as couples, as couples that's like a whole other conversation so but funny. yeah I agree it's like figuring out what's next and then I think like the roots and community piece around um being together and figuring out what, what the roots look like here in Houston. That's beautiful, friends. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so excited for you in this season. I'm excited to see what comes of that conversation and what you guys create together, yeah, too. Thanks, friends. Oh, well, thanks so much for joining us, Matthew. Is there anything else that both of you wanted to share before we kind of wrap up? Yeah, um, I did want to kind of shout out to both of y'all. Um, it's incredible to like listen to your podcast and see how 
aware both of you are. You're like the most aware people that I know. Um, and I tend to not be, I don't know, I just tend to not be aware with like my feelings and, and like past traumas and just dealing with past stuff and actually productively reflecting on it. Um, and I feel like both of you are amazing at that. And like listening to your stories and kind of you two get along so well and it's amazing like listening to you, <laughs> but it, it helps me. Um, when I listen to the podcast, I'm sure it helps so many other people. So I love what you're doing and thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. That was so sweet. Also, I didn't know that you listened to the podcast. I, I never want to assume, but that, that was, that's very I did. sweet. I learned we how to negotiate it. my salary now. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really funny that's because amazing. on one of the episodes, I think it was on the one we talked about money mindset. At the beginning, I was like, she take my dinero. And that was last, I think it was like a couple weeks ago or last week. And he played that song on the way to date night because you heard it on the podcast. It was, it's funny because she said that in two podcasts back to back. And then you called her out. You're like, I'm pretty sure you said that last week. Oh, she did. It's, it's like her default. If you say money and dinero, she's like, she starts thinking, (laughs) like a wind up doll, which I also said on the last episode. (laughs) I've got my lines down. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Ashley. That was so fun. I feel like we were both like, okay, what's this going to be like? And I loved, uh, being on the receiving end of being interviewed by you. Fantastic interview. My love. Thank you. My first interview. You're a natural. (laughs) I've been trained by Alexis Tech Miller. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, uh, anything you want to add on, on relationships or just anything from the the pod before we leave? Um, I just want to say, I really admire you guys, the way that you've navigated your relationship. And it's been truly beautiful to witness as a closer friend the past two years um, and how you've, how much respect you have for each other, how much you really are intentional about keeping your relationship healthy. And I know that that's not always easy, but you have that commitment above all. And I really admire that because you will push your own discomfort to a side to make sure that that relationship stays protected and healthy and loving and it's beautiful and refreshing to see and it's refreshing to see how much fun you have too being 10 years in like it's not what some people might say like oh just wait till the first year is over it's like no you you every year you're hitting a new level in your relationship and that's beautiful we need more couples like both of you i love it i feel like it's every day every day we hit a new level where Mm -hmm. it's like did you Heck love yes. somebody more than, than this right here? Well, stay tuned. Tomorrow will be better. Oh, my heart. We are, we are clipping that and throwing it on TikTok and Reels, and you're going to go viral, Matthew. This man laid in bed last night. I had all of my clothes for New York scattered all over our bed, and I tried everything on, and he was like, mm, I don't like the belt. Um, he's like, <laughs> like, oh, I love that. That looks really great. And then there was one where I tried an outfit on. He was like, you are giving elf. Like, <laughs> I had this, like green, really cute shorts on with like a, a fluffy knit um, cardigan and then a black belt. And he was like, you are giving Santa's helper. 
<laughs> no. He was like, you look great though. Like if you want to wear it, wear it. And I, the more I looked in the mirror, I was like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. But you can't like, unsee it. <laughs> be in community with your partner. Like you're not just there yeah. to just do things for each other. Like be with each other, be in it together. Um, I love that. Yeah. Maybe that's your next side hustle. You, can, you guys can just style people Ooh, together. <laughs> that's what I need. I need Alexis to style me. I already do, babe. I know, I know and you do so well. I yeah. Just, I need to actually be. <laughs> he wants I need more. To be willing to <laughs> spend money on the things. See, yeah, and we've already listened to Matthew and Alexis do the money mindset. <laughs> deep, deep chat without Matthew and Daryl, my finances. So, um, anyways, yeah, but thank you for having us. <laughs> Micah, this isn't also my podcast. Thank you for having me on my show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hopefully you enjoyed our first guest and our incredible couple, Alexis and Matthew. If you guys have any questions on long distance relationship, I'm sure they'd be happy to answer them. And yeah, if you want to find us on Instagram, we are at inbetween.pod. You can always connect with me on Instagram as well at Astrid Johanna Photo. Connect with me on all things, everything, including relationships at Alexis Tykemiller. See you next time.